Well, I think the interesting thing is we all have to eat, right? I mean, the reality of, of food is that it is literally fuel to our body. It delivers from a scientific standpoint, calories, energy. You can go online today and there's loads of, of unfortunately misinformation out there too. So just trying to be a solid voice in the, um, you know, madness, if you will. <laughs> I found that there's a real need to spread sound science-based information, but in a very practical way that people can use that. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, hopefully implement those tips and ideas and recipes. Well, number one, we only have one body. So <laughs> we want to keep it as healthy as we can, right? And when we take in food, food gets broken down into amino acids, which are the building blocks of protein. Food gets broken down into sugars, which is fuel to our cells and fuel to our brain. So at the very basic sense, food is literally fueling everything that's happening in our body. And uh, why I focus on water a lot is our bodies are depending men or women and age and lots of different factors, but like 70% water. <laughs> so if we're not well hydrated, basically nothing is working as optimally as it could or should. You know, everybody I do think is trying to do the best they can to, you know, whether it's their family, themselves, uh, with food. And I just find it can make a huge difference in somebody's just overall well-being, um, whether it's, you know, sports performance to performance at work or just everyday life. And uh, feel when you feel good, you know, everything around you just is better, I think. Welcome back everyone to another edition of American Real, where this week we are talking everything nutrition with our featured guest, Molly Morgan. Molly is a registered dietitian and has a diverse background when it comes to nutrition. She wrote three books providing secrets to a healthy diet, along with over a hundred recipes for meals and smoothies. In addition, Molly is a sports dietitian and for more than a decade has worked with professional athletes. She also specializes in corporate wellness and talks about the importance of companies supporting a healthy workplace. Then we discuss topics such as intermittent fasting, the benefits of a plant-based diet, what to cook at home for children, sugar, alcohol, and much more. 
Molly provides a glimpse into her personal regimen, along with her passion for her family, running, drawing, and the piano. So please sit back and relax as I welcome Molly Morgan. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My special guest today is Molly Morgan. You're a registered dietitian and you are an author. Yes. Of three books. Three books, yes. Molly, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I am really looking forward to this. I am too. And <laughs> we talked before we started here. Everything that's that's that you do, um, I have interest in and I'm trying to better my life and I know our listeners are trying to better their lives when it comes to wellness and health and fitness and nutrition so this is going to be one of the most um, important episodes that that we've ever done oh great well I'm I'm looking forward to sharing hopefully some tips with the viewers as well <laughs> I was looking at your Instagram um, and I noticed you put up a post uh, yesterday and it was about uh, hydrating you know if you're gonna have a busy weekend arrive hydrated with and take your water with you right yeah, and you know, it's simple little things that I find the, the longer I've been in this field that it's, it's those little reminders that make the biggest difference because we all know we need to drink water. Like that's, that's not really helpful, right? But having that water bottle with us, because if it's not with us, let's face it, you're not going to meet your hydration needs most likely. <laughs> right. And I know we're going to get into a little bit later uh, the importance of the content that you, that you do in your books and whatnot, but... The Instagram in itself, don't you think those little tips on a daily basis get people thinking, oh, I, I wouldn't have thought of that today unless I saw Molly's post. Well, I hope so. And I try to really balance my Instagram with a delicate mix of nutrition, but then also I have a, a big interest in just, I love quotes, I love travel, I love nature. So I try to mix it up so it's not just 100% you know, tips, nutrition, all the time. And have you seen a, a decent uh, increase in your following over time because of that consistency of posting different types of posts? Yeah, and you know, when I first got started with Instagram, it was one of those things like, huh, I have no idea what I'm doing with this. It's pretty pictures. I liked looking at other people's content. So it's been, I think, a slow steady progression of what makes sense for the people that are following me and you know ultimately bringing in some new followers and hopefully giving them meet to your point meaningful little tips or just you know sharing something uh, as simple as a pretty picture sometimes right yeah, yeah no and i noticed that one i think the day before was it the sunrise yeah that was yeah really i love the sunrise yeah. it's one of my favorite times of day and uh, as a a young person, I was never a morning person. In fact, my parents, if they would probably hear me saying, like, I love getting up early now. <laughs> like, that's not our daughter. But I've slowly, the older I've gotten, just I love that time of day. I love getting up early, starting my day early. I think we've exchanged early morning emails yes. some days. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm an early riser as well. And I get more done between 5 and, say, 7.30 mm -hmm. than I feel I do sometimes the whole day because yeah. of the disruptions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great time of day for that. <laughs> so why do you love nutrition so much? Well, you know, I think the interesting thing is we all have to eat, right? I mean, the reality of, of food is that it is literally fuel to our body. It delivers from a scientific standpoint, calories, energy. But, um, 
you know, everybody I do think is trying to do the best they can to, you know, whether it's their family, themselves, uh, with food. And I just find it can make a huge difference in somebody's just overall well-being, um, whether it's, you know, sports performance to performance at work or just everyday life. And uh, feel when you feel good, you know, everything around you just is better, I think. And is there something in you that wants to spread this message to the masses? Because you, you're writing the books, you're putting out the content, you work in the corporate world, um, you work with brands, you know, so you're doing all these different things that it just seems to me, you know, looking at it from the outside in that you're really hitting a lot of different sectors of our of our population, which is great. Yeah, well, you know, I think the interesting thing when I first got into this field, like like any I think person starting a career, you're what's what's right for me? Where should I go with this? And while I love working with individuals, and I do a lot of that on the sports nutrition side um, still today, I found that there's a real need to spread sound science-based information, but in a very practical way that people can use that, um, and then you know ultimately hopefully implement those tips and ideas and recipes. So I just felt like, you know, being a voice in that realm that is science-based was so important because uh, you can go online today and there's loads of, of unfortunately misinformation out there too. So just trying to be a solid voice in the, um, you know, madness, if you will. <laughs> and speaking of that, any recommendations for people on when they do search what to look for, what to not look for? One of the biggest things, and it's not just because I'm a registered dietitian, but registered dietitians are the credentialed expert in the field. And you can, um, after we talk today, say you feel like you learned a lot more about nutrition than you knew before, you yourself could call yourself a nutritionist, Roger Brooks nutritionist. So there's a lot of people in this space that are, you know, not that they don't have some knowledge, but they don't have that credentialed, you know, registered, registered piece. I see. So that's, that's a really good differentiator. Okay. Yeah. And can you, can you take us back to when you were thinking about this as a career, um, what led up to actually going to school for this and, you know, and, and, becoming registered, if you will, in this field? Well, you know, when I was in high school, I was trying to figure out, like, maybe some of our viewers are high schoolers even, what am I going to do? And I wanted to do something I felt in the healthcare field because I wanted to help people. So I started doing some volunteer work at the hospital and talking to some different professionals, and I thought maybe physical therapy. And then I did that a little bit and thought, or, you know, supervised or observed, if you will, no, that's, that's not quite right for me. Funny enough, I married a physical therapist as a side note, but um, we had a sports dietitian come talk to our swim team in high school. And I wish I still knew that person's name because I would love to just let them know. They basically, I was sitting there going, huh, I, I kind of already cared about what I was eating. And my parents, I felt like did a good job at helping us, you know, navigate that as, as children. But if I could pay attention even more and change up what I ate and didn't eat or drink and didn't drink and my performance would get better. To me, I was like, okay, I want to do this. I want to figure this out. And, um, it was really, you know, that kind of 
changing moment where like this is what I want to do and I've really obviously never looked back. <laughs> and what was your path after school? What was your first job if you will? So my very first job actually was with a local um, here in Binghamton nutrition firm and it was an awesome experience because I did everything from working in nursing homes to teaching a class at Binghamton University on nutrition to working in clinical research and through all those different experiences, it made me really come to realize my passion and kind of what we already talked a little bit about is more the prevention aspect. There's a huge need and role for treatment and a role for dietitians in that, but I really wanted to hopefully work and keep people from getting to those disease states more than I wanted to focus on the treatment. And maybe someday that'll change, but for now, I, I love the prevention aspect and the performance aspect of, of the field. So break it down for us if you can at its root. Why is it so important to put the best food into our bodies? What is it? What happens chemically? Well, number one, we only have one body. So <laughs> we want to keep it as healthy as we can, right? And when we take in food, food gets broken down into amino acids, which are the building blocks of protein. Food gets broken down into sugars, which is fuel to our cells and fuel to our brain. So at the very basic sense, food is literally fueling everything that's happening in our body. And uh, why I focus on water a lot is our bodies are depending men or women and age and uh, lots of different factors, but like 70% water. <laughs> so if we're not well hydrated, basically nothing is working as optimally as it could or should. And I know um, from what I've read in the notes you sent to me, you are a vegetarian, is that right? I am, yeah. And when did that happen? So this is kind of a interesting or funny story, but I ran my first half marathon eight years ago and I was training a lot in the winter. And if you train a lot in the winter in Binghamton, New York, you might be spending a fair amount of time on the treadmill, depending how, you know, hardy you are to run in cold temperatures. So I was running a lot in the treadmill and to keep my mind, um, you know, focused and, um, you know, allow me to run several, you know, eight, 10 mile runs, I'd watch uh, Netflix documentaries. And I had read about um, or learned about, you know, the benefits of eating vegetarian or plant-based and then I also was watching some documentaries on kind of the food processing side. And, you know, from a longevity standpoint, disease prevention standpoint, you know, the planet perspective, it just was like, I, I should eat this way and at least give it a try. I tried to do vegan for about a year and a half, and um, that was really tough. And when you really dive into the research, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, some people might disagree, but that 0% animal protein is the answer, but certainly less than many, many folks have. And uh, I feel great. I you know, get my blood checked regularly to make sure all my levels are where they need to be. And um, yeah, it's, it just feels right for me. And I try to encourage people in general, even if I can't get someone all the way over to plant-based or vegetarian, is you know certainly more vegetables, more fruit, more whole grains. And I guess what's the the major benefit of that? Is it is it to have more energy? Is it to, to again just putting better things into our body so it could 
break down and easier? What's what's the overall benefit? Well, I think the overall benefit, and you know, I joke with people like you you can do a junk food vegetarian diet and and not really get any benefits if you're going right. to eat like French fries and you know fake chicken nuggets, not that you can't have that once in a while, but when you're eating tons of fruits, tons of vegetables, tons of whole greens, there's protective benefits, if you will, in all of those foods from antioxidants to beta-glucan in oats, and all those things help protect our cells. So as far as cancer prevention, heart disease prevention, fiber, which helps lower our cholesterol levels, it just mechanically helps your body you know, from the cellular level to the blood levels um, makes a huge difference. And for people that are not vegetarian mm -hmm. and just don't want to go that route, what do you advise on as far as maybe portion control or, um, you know, we, we try not to eat much red meat at all in our, yeah, in sure. our household. Uh, we do eat a lot of chicken, um, not too much fish, but some fish. Uh, pork, but in moderation. Yeah. Well, and I think you just hit the key word is moderation. And when people hear the word vegetarian, I think they sometimes, you know, get like scared, like, oh, you know, never. In fact, when I told my 90 year old grandma, I was not going to have a piece of chicken. She's like, well, what are you going to do at a chicken barbecue? <laughs> How are you going to survive in life if you're not eating chicken? Like, Graham, it's okay, I'll you know, bake beans or I'll, I'll be all right. There's other sources of protein in the world. But um, what I tell people is, is moderation. So if you look at your plate and if meat today is two-thirds or maybe half of your plate, is try to dial that back and fill it up more with fruits, vegetables, and, and again, those grains. And um, even for, for my house at home, my husband and I have two little boys, and um, he himself will eat a lot of plant-based vegetarian foods, but not exclusively. I, I still cook meat or fish at home a couple times a week for them. So, you know, I think for people that can't get all the way there, it's really, like you said, moderation and looking at quantity and then focusing on more fruits, more vegetables okay. to balance out that plate. Great. Now, the, the, the one topic I, I would really like to talk about I struggle with personally, I think a lot of people struggle in general, is sugar. Yeah. How do we keep sugar out of our diet? How do we, <sighs> so how do we get away from the temptation of sugar? So you know the challenging thing with sugar, Rogers, I don't know about you, but I feel like everywhere you look, you know, there's easy to grab sources of sugar. So to the extent that people can, I encourage you to set up your own environment for success. And, you know, in our house, I've got a, a couple of sweet tooths um, and we just have to keep it out of sight, out of mind. And not that we never have dessert. We made actually recently a family rule, if you will, or, you know, Sunday nights we're going to do dessert night. And that way it's not an every night conversation on, no, we're not having dessert. No, don't have that. We just, you know, once a week have something sweet and it's not that no sugar is the answer either, but you know, it's certainly everywhere and people unknowingly, I think sometimes are still consuming more sugar than they even maybe realize. Right, because it's things like pasta, like bread that break down to sugar, right? Right, yeah, and those, those are the types of sugar I rather see people having, truly, okay. you know. In fact, even a sweet potato breaks down to sugar in our body, 
But with that sweet potato comes vitamin A, comes beta carotene, comes fiber, things that help us. Versus a cupcake. <laughs> Versus a cupcake or a can of sugary drink that breaks down to nothing else beneficial. You know, one can, tiny can of soda has 10 to 13 teaspoons of sugar. So, you know, knock that out and ha keep the sweet potato, you know, type right. thing. I'm glad you said that. And can you please, while, while you just mentioned that, can you please talk about diet soda? And I've heard so many different things, and, and we've even been in Europe, and my wife would be drinking a, a diet soda, and people would come up to her on the street. Oh, wow. And talk about, you know, how terrible it is for you. Sure. I think, like most things in life, if you have an occasional diet soda, I don't think that's the end of the world. But when it's a daily routine, when it's a two liter of diet soda a day, or you know, large volumes, um, sugar substitutes are technically safe. They're allowed in our food supply, right? And there's volumes of research done. But the problem is, is you know, there's caramel coloring, there's other additives in a lot of diet sodas, which are necessarily not great for our body. Um, so I think it's one of those things that I don't think it has to be sworn off. Certainly it shouldn't be part of your daily routine. And uh, don't get me wrong, I love the occasional diet soda on a, on a hot summer day, driving home or something from a trip. But, but that's, you know, a couple times a year, not <laughs> a couple times a day. And what about the difference between diet soda and regular soda? Is one, if you're going to have it in moderation, do you... Would you sway toward the diet or not? So for my kids, I, I sway towards the regular. Um, the sugar substitutes, you know, again, they're safe, but it's just preferentially, you know, we try to limit that for them. Um, for myself, I don't want the calories, so I, I would pick the diet. But, but either or, neither is, is a good all-the-time choice. So either way, just approach it with you know, minimizing your consumption. Okay. You touched on uh, the planet earlier. What did you mean by that? So animal foods are very resource intensive, um, particularly beef uses a ton of water, a ton of energy, a ton of fuel to raise beef. And for example, you know, cutting out meat one day a week can save like gallons and gallons of water, enough energy to power your iPhone for six months, you know, lots of savings as far as the environment. So, you know, again, not that never has to be the goal, but we can really help preserve fossil fuels, water, and, um, you know, certainly by having more plants in our routine and less animal proteins. So you're saying if the demand isn't as high over time, that will help sure. the planet yeah yeah and that makes yeah. that makes total sense yeah and certainly there's I think a local aspect so if you are buying beef if you can buy it from a local farmer you know cut down on some of the production um, fuel costs if you will that are associated with sometimes the way we eat today um, compared to you know dialing back 50 years ago or something because we don't think about all the pieces that are part of that overall yeah. getting that meat from you know Nebraska to to yeah, the, your, your local grocery store. It's pretty amazing and, and that even also goes for produce right you know strawberries coming from California versus trying to eat them more seasonally when they're they're fresh in our region. Um, 
So I think it's it's a lot more to probably come as far as how to balance that out for our planet. But you know, to date, the research does show that eating more vegetarian foods is is definitely beneficial to uh, lower fossil fuel consumption and water consumption, which it's crazy to think about having on a rainy day having to preserve that, but of course we do. Right. Yeah. What about tips on the actual fruits, vegetables that you purchase? Do you, do you recommend anything there? Do you recommend washing? You hear about all the chemicals and, you know, we go to Sam's Club or whatever and get the bulk blueberries and are these things pretty much safe? Yeah, so I think in general, I would rather see somebody focus on increasing their fruit and vegetable consumption to get the antioxidants, the fiber, than if they're looking at that, you know, organic blueberries going, well, I can't afford that for my family. I still want to see somebody eating more fresh fruits and vegetables if they can't do the organic. And certainly, I think there's a lot more we're going to learn on the, the benefits of organic, but um, certain pesticides can still be used on organic produce. There's, there's a lot that goes into you know what can be used, what can't be used. So I think it's a better choice. Certainly rinsing your produce um, is, is helpful. I personally try to buy as much organic as I can afford and um, as is as, as accessible. Um, but certainly things like peppers, blueberries, strawberries, thin skin stuff makes sense to spend some money there. Things like a banana or an orange thicker skin stuff, um, at least from everything I've understood to this point, doesn't make as much sense. So if you're going to kind of shift your dollars, <laughs> think about where you're shifting them. You mentioned earlier you have two young boys. Yes, 10 and 12. 10 and 12. They keep my husband and I super busy. <laughs> They're at hockey practice as we're talking. Wow. Any tips for uh, parents with, with children, teenagers or younger, how to prepare meals? Uh, you touched on it a little bit earlier. Sure. Um, I think my best tip I can give people is because I've seen it work with my own kids and I've seen it work with a lot of young athletes I work with, even if your kid's not an athlete, is focus on why we eat. We eat to fuel our bodies. I love the taste of ice cream but does that fuel my body the best? I love the taste of a candy bar, but does that give me the best energy to focus in school, to feel good myself? Not about weight, um, but truly about how you feel. And I think if you can get that message across to your kids that we're eating this because this is what our body needs, it starts to help, you know, okay, you want those chips and french fries and chicken fingers we can have that sometimes, but most often we need to have this brown rice and chicken and chickpeas. And, you know, it starts to take it away from just the what you like to eat to why we eat. And it's so important because that's at the end of the day, we've got to eat to live um, and give our bodies the best energy we can. Right. And as they get older, that's that's their mindset. Right. That's they're, they're thinking about it that way versus just eating whatever yeah, is inside yeah. or what they crave. And I think with my kids too, from they know, I, I worked with pro athletes for 14 years and they know that, wow, these really talented professional athletes, whether they want to or not, have to listen to my mom talk about why they eat, what they eat. We look at their menus. Um, I think that helps too. They see, wow, you know, like this really does 
means something to people that are trying to perform their best, feel their best. And I think that that has helped them certainly. And that's why on my sports nutrition side for kids, I really try to encourage, you know, the why they're eating what they're eating. You know, it's to feel good. Right. If you have this instead of this, you know, if you start your um, sports practice with banana and a peanut butter instead of, you know, some junk food, you're going to feel better on the ice or feel better on the court. And when you feel better, you play better. And it's, you know, a snowball in a very good, in a very good way. <laughs> what are you preparing for the kids or themselves for breakfast in the morning? So every day at our house is a little different. Um, they get on, uh, I call it smoothie kicks, where they want just, you know, fruit, some Greek yogurt. I'll sneak in handfuls of spinach sometimes um, into their smoothies, and they love that for breakfast some days. Other days, it might be a bowl of yogurt and granola and some fruit. Some days it's toast with nut butter. So we, we don't have one set path. Some days it's, um, they do love, you know, like eggs and, you know, a breakfast sandwich kind of thing on a whole grain English muffin. But every day is a little different. And some days it's straight up pancakes and syrup. <laughs> sure. But what I love about this is you're, you're teaching them at their young age of 10 and 12 and hopefully forming habits now, again, so as they get older, um, they keep that routine. Yeah, and you know, we've intentionally, um, in fact, some people see my kids out and they're like, I can't, I can't believe you let your kids have french fries or soda. Like, listen, I'm, I'm nervous from the standpoint, if we restrict things so much and they leave our house someday and they're, you know, just off the wall with their food choices, that's not, that's not gonna help them either in the long run. So we do try to, to the extent we can strike that balance. Like if you come to our house on Halloween, I give out full-size candy bars <laughs> because you know what? We don't have them in our house pretty right. much any other day of the year, so. Yeah. yeah, no, I like that because then the kids, they're not feeling like they're deprived from it and, and they do receive it once in a while. Like you said, maybe there's a cheat day where they yeah. have the ice cream on a Sunday or whatever. Yeah, or be. pancakes for breakfast, right. you know? And uh, if you ask my little littlest guy, he might say he thinks it should happen more, sure. more often than it does. But it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Molly, what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting? Ah, it's funny you asked this question today because my husband right now is experimenting with it because he felt he just needed to kind of change things up a bit. What I like about it is it's a good tool if you feel like, man... I'm just not making some good choices right now, or I just need to kind of jumpstart something. I do like it for that. Um, I've had athletes who have tried it and can do it for a little bit, but their energy demands are so high on their body that they can't sustain it, and it's, it's not beneficial over time for them. So I think it's a decent tool, and if you kind of need to narrow your window of eating and kick out maybe some nighttime bad habits or something like that, I think it's super effective for that. I don't know if it needs to be a, a permanent, you know, forever type thing. But yeah, absolutely. I think it's a decent tool. And um, anywhere people always ask me, well, what's the window? What should I do? And it's, it's really what works for your life. Um, it's about fasting for that, you know, 16, 12 to 16 hours is where you start to get some of those benefits. So if that means starting your eating at noon and eating till, you know, six or eight, 
that means starting your eating at eight and stopping at four. So it's really then what works for your life. What would be the downside? So the downside would be, and you know, the professional athletes, I'll use this as an example. If you need 4,000 calories a day to fuel your body because of what you're demanding, to get that in in six or eight hours is really, really, really hard and not maybe necessarily advisable. So that's really the downside. For people with very high energy demands, I don't think it's a smart choice. What for about the for the term. average person? That, that doesn't average have... person, I think it's fine. Okay. I think it's fine. Because you hear a lot out there in the news and whatnot about it, and it's always good to talk to a professional, I think. I, I did listen to a podcast. Um, Ed Milet put out a podcast recently Okay. on this very subject. Yeah. And... Um, you know, since then, I've been seeing a lot of, of um, posts about it. Yeah. And, you know, some people seem to, to really take to it. Others can't do it. And, uh, again, I just wanted to get your perspective. Well, and I think the other thing that's so important is that as much as I'd like to say there's one right way everyone should eat, the more I've and longer I've done this is I can have two people that feel their best, one eating this way, one eating this way. And then there's also, right, the complication of, you know, maybe underlying diseases like celiac disease or something that then even complicate things more. So I think the big message I have for people always is if that works for you and you feel great and you're getting all the nutrients your body needs and doing it in a way that makes sense for you, you know, to tell someone that that's wrong is, you know, not, not, I think, a smart thing because there's not just one, as much as I like to think there is, I don't think there's, there's just... There's not one. a one-size-fits-all. No, I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> what would you recommend for an 80-year-old man who's overweight, wants to lose weight, wants to better himself, but is not in the best uh, physical shape to be able to exercise? and is trying to do it through diet, what would you recommend? Well, it comes down to calories. You've got to really look at calories and then making the most out of those calories you're taking in. Um, you know, so lots of fruits, lots of, lots of vegetables, staying hydrated um, as you age, actually your thirst mechanism declines. And I know that sounds crazy, but you don't maybe feel thirsty like you did before, but your body still, of course, needs the fluids. So staying hydrated. And um, really just looking at making the best food choices you can within the calories you should have. And always I recommend to people, if, if I say those words and you're like, well, I have no idea how many calories I need per day, what do you mean? Is um, take that time to sit down with a registered dietitian and talk with your doctor about someone that's you know local or nearby that could meet with you and help you dial that in for, for you. Um, you know, take the guesswork out of it. Great advice. Yeah. Yes. It's always good to talk to a professional. So let's talk about some of your projects. You have sure. so much going on. Um, <laughs> Every day is a little different in my world. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Uh, so let's start with corporate wellness. Again, another buzzword. Uh, more and more businesses and corporations seem to be on this uh, you know, topic and, and bringing people in like yourself to, to help them. What is corporate wellness all about and how do you participate in that? So I think, number one, if you're a business leader listening and you don't have a registered dietitian working with your company, 
it's it's so beneficial because just like we're talking about performance and how our body feels when you want to keep people at work performing well and making the most out of their time in your business looking at what they're eating and not eating drinking and not drinking makes a huge huge difference and you know i spend a lot of time today um, i'm fortunate enough to work with a wonderful fortune 500 company and we have a whole access to healthy food plan for the company, you know, US-wide to make sure, no kidding, if you're in a 24-7 manufacturing plant or a high-end office, you have access to healthy food. We discount those healthy choices. We try to make the healthiest choices a little bit more accessible. So there's still cookies or french fries, but you're you're going to not save money where if you buy you know, a freshly made salad, you're going to save some money, get a bottle of water, piece of fruit with that. Um, you know, trying to make those better for you choices, the easier choice. And um, corporate wellness, I think, looks a little different in, in different companies. And um, there's a lot of energy spent, though, trying to make sure, you know, when you show up to work every day, Roger, that you feel your best. And, you know, even looking at what snacks are we providing at meetings? So during a meeting, you have a break and you come back feeling energized, not sluggish and tired and, you know, have, having, have had too much sugar or something. Right. Yeah. No, and it's, it's, it's a good point because I attend a lot of meetings where they're having cookies and donuts and you do. You, you, an hour later, you're, you want to fall asleep. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been shifting a lot to, you know, things like nut mixes or maybe a whole grain um, bar that has a tiny bit of sugar or a fruit and nut bar that might have a drizzle of dark chocolate. So you get a little, again, that, that balance, but with five grams of sugar instead of 30. <laughs> right. So we talked a lot about um, uh, cooking in general, you know, I, I guess selection of, of food choices. But I know cooking is something that you're very yes, interested in. I love to cook. <laughs> I love to cook. And, you know, I probably have my mom and grandma to thank for that because they're fantastic cooks. And um, I just think the reality is we, you know, we talk about food and making good food choices. And when you know how to prepare healthy foods, like roasted vegetables, if you've never roasted a vegetable before, they're just, they're they're amazing. They taste so delicious versus, you know, just like putting them in the microwave and that works too, but it's just not as tasty, I, I don't think. But, you know, learning those simple preparation techniques, it doesn't have to be complicated, um, makes a huge difference. And you know what's interesting about that? I, we'll, we'll go to restaurants and, you know, it's supposed to be a, a, a decent restaurant. You know, you're paying a decent amount for a meal and they'll, they'll bring you your vegetables that are just, Either microwaved sometimes, or very plain. Sometimes they're an afterthought, I right. think. Or as a vegetarian, I go to some restaurants and it just makes me want to like scream because I know they're super talented chefs back there probably working. And my, my choice might be some pasta with some veggies mixed in, which, okay, it's that's fine. It would, would meet the uh, requirements, if you will. But there's so many delicious things you can do with vegetables and make them taste good and present them in a way that, you know, is exciting. It doesn't have to be, you know, boring. Right. Vegetables are beautiful. They're yeah. super colorful. Yeah. We talked about Instagram earlier. I, I post lots of pictures of really 
what I think are pretty vegetables. Um, super colors, for sure. No, and, and, you, and um, I know I can only relate to you know what, what we have in our household, and my mother-in-law and my mother are, are, are great cooks as well, but there's so many, if you, if you just do a little research, um, there's so many ways to do things that are creative, such as, I'll, I'll give you one example, my mother-in-law makes something called eggs in the sauce. So she'll have, oh yeah, she'll like, do her Sunday spaghetti sauce. Sure. And then, you know, during the week, she'll preserve some of that sauce and actually crack an egg and, and put it in, I think they call it eggs in purgatory or something. Sure, sure. Um, and it's really good with a green pepper. And, you know, that in itself could be a meal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the thing is people feel they don't have enough time. I hear that all the, t yeah, all the time from people. Like, listen, I get it. Our schedule is insane. But making the time to even, you know, within 15, 20 minutes, you can have your prep work done and food in the, in the oven. And it takes about that, that much time to get anywhere, to get something that might feel quicker, but you still have to get to that place to get the quicker thing. Yeah. You know, where if you, on the weekend, um, in fact, I recently did the craziest thing. I had never done the, you know, order online, pull up and get your groceries, no, no fee. And um, I was really short on time last weekend. I was like, oh man, I've got, how many, I forget how many hockey games there were between the two boys. How am I gonna make this food thing happen for the week? And then you set yourself up for success and then it makes dinner easier to cook versus if you come home at six o'clock and go, huh, <laughs> that's hard. It's really hard. And don't get me wrong, that happens some nights in our house. That's reality. But um, you know, most often making that time to prepare something even, even quick. It doesn't have to be crazy fancy. And, and it's like anything, I think, whether it's preparing for, for cooking or exercise or, or, or thinking about a healthy diet, you know, we have that resistance always. It's always there. So you have to push through that resistance. Don't make excuses and just make better choices, right? So I have a tip for people on, on the making time aspect is that sometimes, you know, because of life or whatever, you blow breakfast, you know. I don't know, let's just say you had a drive-through and it's not the best breakfast choice you could have made. And then instead of letting that spiral out of control and then the whole day is shot and then it turns into maybe the whole week is lousy, just next meal, next snack. You know what, I'm gonna make a better choice, I'm gonna have some pistachios for a snack. I'm gonna have a banana and some nut butter for a snack. Doesn't have to be fancy or complicated. And then, you know, keep, make a, make a better choice every, every opportunity you have to make that better choice. You missed exercise yesterday, it's okay. Today's a new day. Again, I love that because psychologically we think, okay, I had that, whatever that was, and it seems to continue. Then you make excuses for yourself that, okay, it's okay to do that, and, and then before yeah. you know it, whether it's a day or a week or a month, yeah. things could get out of control. Well, and I had a, a coach um, once who he's, he was coaching uh, hockey players, and I loved this tip, and I use it mentally for myself. There's days, let's face it, even as a you know professional athlete, it's your job, but there's days when it's easier to get out there and, and do your job than others. I think like all of us, right? And he always would tell the guys, get out there for 20 minutes, and if you still are just you know having an off day, fine, get off. 
but pretty much like if you get into it you're you're gonna the the endorphins kick in everything starts to feel good and i think the same thing applies to food right if you start preparing that dinner and you're like man i just once you get going it's it's okay like getting started is the hardest part right and then the the momentum takes takes over for sure and it's gratifying right when you Prepare a good meal, eat a good meal, feed your family a good meal. Although if you ask my family, for every delicious meal I make, there's a, a few flops. <laughs> so give yourself some slack, too. You know, uh, we, recently we just tried a new recipe, and all of us collectively were like, mm, yeah, we're not going <laughs> to... We're not going to make that one again. Or you try a new workout and you thought it might be something you love. And if it's not for you, try something else. Yeah. You know, there's a million ways to eat healthy. There's a million ways to stay active. Okay. What about alcohol? Ah, moderation. Don't get me wrong. I, I had a beer last night with my dad and my husband and father-in-law. Um, but moderation for women, it's a depressing number, but it's one drink. <laughs> for men, it's two drinks. And that doesn't mean, you know, Monday through Friday, right. don't have drinks. And then Saturday night, you save it all up, so to speak. So moderation is certainly fine. And uh, there's even studies that show moderation of alcohol can be beneficial to the body. But certainly, I think it's it's a no-brainer, but excess is, is not advisable. Um, and not that that doesn't mean every now and then a little excess is okay, but... And, and what's great about this conversation is I see a pattern with you, and that's it's okay to do it. You don't have to do it exclusively. No. Not, any, everything we talked about today was not exclusive. It no. was, you can do this, but get right back on track, right? Right, right. And the other thing is, too, I feel like, and uh, the athletes I've worked with might might say differently, but I, I think I've seen it over time even with them, is that, you know, when I work with athletes, they might be somewhere in the neighborhood of 19 to 27 years old on average, some older. But, you know, that's a time of their life when they do want to go out. They do want to have fun. But yet to perform at their peak, it's like, how can I do it in a way that's not going to be detrimental? Um, just a, a stat I always share, um, and I think it applies for non-athletes too, is over five drinks per day, your body's feeling those effects for three days out, five days out from hormone production, from a hydration perspective. There's so many things that are impacted when you drink in excess, not just the next morning when you feel lousy, but for days. So when you're looking at how do I feel my best, your choices you make on like a Saturday night could be setting your whole week up for not feeling great. And it's like, man, that's, that's just... <laughs> The older I get, especially, like, that's yes. just not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I never heard it put that way, and that's that's great to hear that because now, I may, you know, it's going to make me think, and hopefully it makes our, our listeners think twice because I know, you know, we, we had a conference last month, and, you know, typically two is my limit. I think I had four or five drinks, and it killed me for two or three days. Sure, sure. Don't get me wrong. If I'm on vacation, like on a, on a cruise with my family and <laughs> right. friends, I'm probably going to have maybe that five drink day, yeah. right? And uh, and that happens. But, but when, if you do it week after week, that's where yeah. the cycle gets pretty vicious. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sports nutrition. You've touched yes. on it here and there. Um, you spent 14 years working with the Ottawa Senators. Yes. Um, how? First of all. How did you get introduced to that? And, and that was a great run that you had there. Um, yeah. Can you talk about that experience? Sure. It's kind of funny, actually. Um, 
I come from a hockey family. So I loved, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, sports nutrition is really what made me say that I, I want to do this. I want to become a dietitian um, and be credentialed and, and be an expert in this, this area. And um, when I was working with athletes, I worked with tons and tons of college athletes, youth athletes for several years. And when I wanted to try to take it to the next level, hockey is a sport I knew, sport I love. And I thought, well, let me call. It was the Binghamton Senators at the time. And I don't see a dietitian listed on their roster. Maybe they need someone. So I made a call. I didn't hear back for oh gosh, it was probably several weeks because I didn't fully understand the training cycle. They were away at training camp. And I finally heard back from the trainer and he said, well, let's, let's touch base. Let's just, you know, see our, if our philosophies match up and, um, our philosophies obviously did match up. And I still joke with him to this day, the first player he gave me to work with, uh, really tough player, um, you know, making lots of not the best choices with food. And I think they probably figured if, if I could handle this guy, I could probably, you know, work all right with the rest of the team. And um, I started doing workshops for the team. And then um, unbeknownst to me, one workshop I gave, a strength and conditioning coach from Ottawa Senators came down to watch it and offered me the opportunity then to go work with them. So it just kind of in a, in a good way grew from there. And yeah, 14 seasons, it was awesome. Uh, awesome opportunity and just loved watching players succeed. Now I feel I kind of cheer for hockey because I've worked with players who are now all over the league and I just love to see them have success. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. What do you recommend for people who are considering um, a career in sports? How to, I mean, you're example is a great example that you kind of went after that. I mean, you, you did go after that. You made the initial phone call, um, not afraid to, to do that. But what do you recommend for people, whether they're in the business of nutrition or not, if they want to get in sports? So if you want to get in sports, I think it takes a little bit of creativity because the longer I worked in the field as well, it's very rare you might see a job posting that says we're looking for this expert to work with a team. It's It does come down to a little bit of networking and getting to meet people. Certainly, I think different jobs within, you know, if you're a head coach, that might be a little different. But if you're more of a support role for a team, um, the interesting thing, and we talked about this a little bit before, but teams now, it's really, I think, awesome for the athlete. They're looking at the whole athlete. So financial wellness, right? That's a huge piece for, for athletes trying to make a career out of um, that. So there's opportunities Great from- Great point. If you went to school for finance- Right. You could work with a pro sports team to help their athletes you know, make smart choices as they're making loads of money very, very young in their life. Um, myself, you know, obviously nutrition, um, but mental health, there's, you know, mental health performance um, folks that work with teams, maybe as a permanent role, maybe as a contractor. So really looking at how could I benefit athletes, get some experience. Like I said, I, and I tell young um, uh, professionals all the time, I did, you know, 
running under pavilions, uh, little presentations for runners. I went to swim practices and talked with, like, get your message down, get your experience, um, and and then, you know, get that traction and have conviction in what you do and how you do it. And I think over time you could open up doors for yourself for sure. Great, great advice. Can you talk about Fuel to Win? Sure. So on the sports nutrition side, I love what I do. And especially when I was working with the pro sports team, um, you know, traveling back and forth to Ottawa and then the AHL team moved to Belleville, Ontario. I get asked a lot by youth sports teams. Can you come talk to my team? Can you, you know, do a presentation? And as well, as much as I'd love to say yes to everything, you know, life is busy. I want to have time for my family too. And I do think that's all about balance. So I thought, you know, I love to create content and I've been creating content for years. Why don't I make it accessible in a way that's affordable? So if a, um, you know, a team calls me and says, Hey, can you do a presentation? And I can't, but here's a code. You can go download whatever handouts you think would be helpful. You know, particularly do the hydration handout, do the eating routine handout. Cause if your athletes start to nail those things down, other things will fall in place. And, uh, it was really more as a resource, you know, to hopefully help spread sound science-based information for athletes because, uh, so many times athletes would come to me and say, well, what do you think about this supplement? What do you like pause on the supplements? They have a role. Where are you eating? Cause if what you're eating is not structured, that supplement is, is throwing 20, $30 out the window. I mean, they're expensive every single month. So I always focus food first yes, makes and sense. then that's like icing on the cake, Great. <laughs> the supplement side. Yeah, and I went to the website. It's very in interesting, and we'll we'll post a link so oh, people can take a yeah, look at that please, as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, please, people, check it out. If you have questions, topic suggestions, it's only um, at this point just under two years old, so it's growing, changing, and I I love to um, I do some Q and A interviews with athletes, coaches, um, you know, try to post really relevant, just practical tips for people. Fantastic. And speaking of content that you love to produce, you also produced. Uh, three books which we have here. Yes. Um, this is the first one. And you want to know what's funny? I hate the word skinny. You can read in the intro and uh, if, if you have a copy of the book um, or people have read it, they'll they'll get my, my twist, is that I was seven months pregnant when I was approached to write this book. And when you're seven months pregnant, you especially hate that word skinny because you feel like the furthest thing from skinny if whatever that is. But um, I really tried to frame it up in a way of it's not about the size clothes you wear, but the lifestyle you lead. Because you can be whatever culture defines or wor the world defines as skinny and, and not be making great choices. So I try to approach it from that angle. Great. And yes. this one's called The Skinny Rules. Yeah, that came out. One Secrets Every Skinny Girl Knows. Yeah. And what it is, it's really practical rules. And it looks very girly. But it's applicable for guys too. So there's travel tips. I loved when I was little. Uh, do you remember those Choose Your Own Adventure books? Yes. Did you ever read those? Oh, yeah. I loved them. So that book is really designed like if you're traveling, read the travel chapter. If you're struggling with, you have a lot of parties coming up, holiday season or something, look at those tips. It's really not necessarily meant like you've got to go one through 101. Like that sounds okay. 
terribly like. So you could jump all over. Yeah, jump all over. Mm -hmm. Pick what, what seems to be relevant or most helpful to you. So why the title? So the title is interesting enough. I worked with an agent who's um, a book packager and they wanted to pair up a expert to write this book. So that title was what it was. And they said, what do you think? I'm like, well, I hate the title. I don't like the word skinny, but let me think about it. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, this is an opportunity to frame it up in a way that's meaningful and, you know, um, not not this like diet negative aspect of, of unfortunately what often, you know, that word brings. So very interesting. And the next one, skinny size it. Yeah, looks the same uh, from a size standpoint, but if you um, notice, it's all recipes. 101 recipes. And uh, we talked a little bit about portion, but the notion of that your plate has to be like empty to eat healthy, these tiny, teeny, tiny portions, not when you're choosing tons of fruits and vegetables. One cup of veggies, depending what you choose, is like 25 calories. So you can have tons of veggies, small amounts of proteins, and in a way that will really fill you up and be satisfied. So that's what all those recipes are really designed to do is fill your plate, but in a way that keeps the calories in check. That's great. I have to tell you, my, my wife is my role model for the, the plate itself. So her plate will look like three quarters salad. She makes a, a great salad. She puts all kinds of fruit, vegetables oh, in yum. the salad. Yeah, delicious. So typically, you know, we'll have that every night. And then, you know, she'll have a little bit of meat, whatever we have, and then, yeah. and then lots of vegetables. So, I, you know, I try very hard um, to change my plate to, to make it look like hers. But um, it's, I think it's good to have a role model in the house because if I didn't have that, I don't know if my choices would be so great. Yeah, and, you know, I think as parents or spouses, we don't necessarily think of that always as our role, but certainly, you know, the people we live with, we're influencing. Uh, when parents come to me and they're struggling with their kids and their eat, you know, what their kids' choices are, I'm like, well, listen, your kids most likely aren't going to the grocery store and buying that food and bringing it in. So be a role model, set your house up for success yes. because it, it makes all the difference in the world. And this one I love because we do a lot of smoothies. Drink your way, drink your way to gut health. Yes, I loved writing this book. Although I mentioned earlier, my my kids go on smoothie kicks. But after I wrote this book, I think our whole house was, you know, like, Mom, you cannot turn on the blender for maybe a couple months <laughs> because it was you know all smoothies for every hundred. 140 smoothies that made it there, there was maybe 140 that did not. Because wow. it's trial you know, a, a trial and error, a mix of flavors, um, ingredients. And, well, I just um, opened this page um, and to 190, it looks like. Chocolate banana oh, smoothie with sea salt. That's a good and one. And creamy blackberry ginger. Yes. Wow. You picked some good ones. And there's some really <laughs> pretty pictures of the smoothies in there. And oh, we yes. touched on sugar earlier hardly any of the smoothies have added sugar. Some might say a little bit of honey, a little bit of something, but for the most part, the sweetness comes from either the fruit 
or even kombucha, which is a fermented tea, has a tiny bit of sugar. So for the most part, the smoothies are getting their sugar from either the yogurt or the other ingredients that are in there. Well, we are going to promote these, and I cannot oh, enjoy wait to, them. to read them. Good. You can pick so, them up where you. books are sold, um, you know, certainly on online for sure. Okay, and we'll post a link there as well. Okay, we have covered so much ground today. <laughs> I feel we could do an episode on each of these topics, and maybe if you're so kind, you could come back in the future. So Would we could, love to. So we could cover some of those more specifically. Okay, so let's talk about some of the things you love to do. Um, I know exercise and running is important to you. Yes. In fact, um, we talked earlier, running is how I started to eat vegetarian, which is kind of a funny story, but... Um, I found running just helps me clear my head. I can either do it at home on the treadmill, in my neighborhood, at a trail, with friends, with my family. It's just a, a great, easy activity to try to sneak in. It, it doesn't always feel easy. <laughs> I always joke, there's nothing easy about running. I, I've, for some reason, taken to longer distances. Um, you know, How long? Half marathon is my longest, but 13 miles, wow. uh, 13.1, but... Um, certainly all my training runs aren't that long though. <laughs> and how often are you running? It depends. So right now I just came off of, uh, my husband and I ran a half marathon three weeks ago. And so now I'll dial back running for a little bit and, uh, hopefully we get a team. We run, um, a really fun event around Seneca Lake every mm. year with a group of, um, seven of us run 77.7 miles around Seneca Lake. It's a relay. It's so fun, but the event sells out in three minutes. So it depends if we get a team or not. Um, I've run it four times and we'll know October 31st if we get a team. And if we do, then my running will start to go like this again to get ready for that. Wow. Yeah. And when you say, is it like a lottery type thing that you have to apply um, to get a team or just actually getting a team together? Just, uh, no, we've always got the, the people that want to run, but it's just uh, how quick it sells out. They only mm. do a certain number of spots because of logistics wow. around the lake. You can imagine uh, there's, last year I think there was upwards of 300 teams um, and and. The lake is small, like some of the places we have to park and all that good stuff. So um, then my running will start to ramp up again. But okay. I try to cycle it so, you know, injury-wise. And um, right now I'm doing more yoga and some strength um, workouts that I can just do at home. So, yeah. Speaking of yoga, um, can you talk about any mind practices that you may do? Yeah, I've been actually doing, um, I have a lot of driving sometimes for my work projects, so I keep my mind engaged by listening to audiobooks. <laughs> I, and, uh, I always am listening to something, um, that I hopefully will find to be, you know, beneficial. So I've been listening to actually a lot on mindfulness, and that's something I'm trying to, you know, work on myself and do better. And I find yoga, um, not only helps, um, my, my back, my joints, everything feel better, but certainly I think it's very clearing to the mind um, for sure. And I, I try to do that. Some weeks isn't as good as others, but at least once or twice a week to uh, to keep my mind, but also you know my body feeling as good as it can. The older you get, some mornings you wake up and it doesn't always feel as good as it used to. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, our second guest on the show was Edmund Cotton. I, I've done yoga with Edmund in the he, past. He's amazing. 
he's in breathing, you oh, know. And, yeah. And he's a super inspiring extra. guy. Oh, he really is. Yeah, yeah. And he's, um, his breathing aspect too. And I think I'm, a, my mind's a pretty busy mind. Um, and so challenging myself to slow down yes. and breathe and take that time is, is hugely important. Yes. Yes. Now, what about drawing? I understand you like to draw. I love to draw. In fact, you know, we talked about why I became a sports dietitian, but I actually would have loved uh, to consider going to school for art. Mm. So I still try to find time. Uh, my boys, the older they get, they don't love to sit down and draw with me as much. I love to paint. That's just a little bit more, um, you know, takes more time and stuff. So drawing seems to to be the default, um, whether it's colored pencils or pen drawings. I post every once in a while on Instagram some of my drawings, what I'm up to, but I'm kind of shy about that, so not always. We'll have to keep an eye out for that. <laughs> yes, maybe this little, I'll, I'll, I'm working on a cool one right now. Great. So, yeah. And the piano. Yes, I play the piano since I was in second grade, so I guess seven or so. And uh, my kids take piano lessons and, um, I, I don't do it every day, but uh, I I always uh, like to joke with my husband. Like, I got to play the piano today till my fingers hurt, because um, it, it takes a certain amount of endurance. I know that sounds kind of kind of weird to say if you don't play an instrument, but um, so sometimes I get to play one or two songs, and sometimes I get to play much longer. Wow. But it's it's fun for sure, and I find that relaxing because I can't think about anything else. You have to focus on <laughs> what you're doing uh, when you're playing the piano for sure. And what style? Is it classical or what, what do you play? Um, growing up, I was, I would say probably what's considered classically trained. I played a lot of Chopin and Mozart and Beethoven, mm -hmm. like all the, you know, kind of classic composers. And now I, I play a mix of that for fun. Um, but I also um, like I just bought a new arrangement of the song Hallelujah, so I've been learning that. So I'll try to challenge myself to, um, you know, learn learn something new, learn a new piece, learn something different. Um, but so not any one particular style per se, but it's fun to do. Well, I post that every once in a while too. If you dig way back in my Instagram, okay. you can I gotta look have a video of me playing the piano. <laughs> But I don't post that often. <laughs> well, when you get done with Hallelujah, you have to. Put I that I will. I'll. Yes. It's a beautiful arrangement of it, so Great. I'll have to do that. Molly Morgan, you are an inspiration. You have so many wonderful things happening. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're a pleasure to talk to. I'm sorry it took us. We've been trying to get this to, <laughs> on the calendar for a while, but my weekends are so busy. Yes. So thank you. No, thank you. And what's next before we let you go? Do you know, I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I want to keep um, the Fuel to Win project growing organically as, as I can. Um, I sneak that in when I have time. The corporate wellness is a large focus of mine right now. I find so much fulfillment in hearing from people that, you know, hey, those, those better for you choices at work have helped me lower my blood sugar, lower my cholesterol. Thanks for making it so easy. So that's certainly a huge focus of mine right now and will continue to be, um, find it very rewarding. Great. Yeah. And the best way to reach you if people are listening to this and say, I want to talk to Molly. Yeah. Social media is always fine. Okay. Twitter, Instagram, any of that. Um, I check those messages as routinely as I can. And certainly my website's either creativenutritionsolutions.com or fuel to win The other thing I always tell people, if you message me and you don't hear back, 
send me another one. I'm not certainly not ignoring anyone, but sometimes uh, things get you know lost in the shuffle, and uh, love to hear from people always. Fantastic. And the last question before I let you go, which yes. I ask every guest, and you're still very young, so you have a lot of life to live, but at the end of the day, with all of your goals and dreams and aspirations, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, I just want to hope that I've influenced the world around us to be a little bit healthier of a place and make it easier for people to make those healthy choices, whether it's from the tips or, you know, re-engineering of, you know, the cafeteria at work that I do with the corporate wellness stuff I do. So just hopefully help people either feel their best, achieve their best, or a little bit healthier world around us. Great. Molly, thanks so much. This Honestly, this is one of the most important episodes we've ever done. Oh, you've, you've thank you. have provided a lot of valuable information that will help a lot of people. Good. Including myself. Wonderful. So thank you so much, and, and let's do this again. I'd love to, absolutely, anytime. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. And speaking of podcasting, our next course will be starting soon. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast, join me and podcast your passion. I'll take you through my eight-week course where I'll mentor you to build a world-class podcast. I'm only taking on a small group of people who want to share their passion through broadcasting, where I'll have you up on iTunes and YouTube within weeks so you can podcast your passion. Click on the link below for more information. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you 